It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Here's your host. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Wash my hands. I don't touch my face. I stay at home. Shelter in place. Don't go to work I wear a mask and gloves Stay away from church I avoid old folks And should I sneeze I do it in my elbow I've taken 
Hey, good morning everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, your host. Wanted to start out with a little um, Ray Stevens. I just came across that. To be honest with you, I didn't even know Ray Stevens was still around. But great to hear him and uh, great to hear his quarantine parody. It's called The Quarantine Song by Ray Stevens. To open up this week on the Tom Sumner program, had a great uh, show in store. Um, Coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour, I'm going to be talking with um, actually uh, a couple. Um, We have uh, Jonathan Littman and Susanna Camp. They've written a book called The Entrepreneur's Faces, How Makers, Visionaries, and Outsiders Succeed. And uh, they're going to be joining me, uh, like I said, during the third half, uh, the third hour, at uh, 11 o'clock, for those of you listening live. And uh, before that, we're going to talk with uh, Dr. John Leaf, who um, has explored the uh, secret language of cells. And uh, he's going to talk about his new book by that same name. And, uh, and then coming up in just a couple of minutes, we have uh, this is a fun conversation with Dr. Sarah South. She's a Ph.D. Vice President of Laboratory Sciences at Ancestry DNA. And she wants to talk about how um, how... A a recent study that shows 60% of parents say that COVID-19 has increased their interest in understanding genetic health and how understanding genetic health can help moms take care of family health. And uh, she's going to talk about that and a bunch more. So we're going to talk a lot about family this first hour, and then we're going to talk about uh, cells and how they communicate with our brain. And then we're, uh, we're going to talk about entrepreneurs and, and how best to succeed. Um, that's the, uh, the lineup for today. We've got some great shows coming up all this week on the Tom Sumner program. And uh, some new music as well. Let's see, maybe, maybe we've got time to... Nah, I don't know. I don't know if we've got time to squeeze music in or not. Uh, let's find out. I can always go to the go to the library and find out. Preferably be music uh, music from guests. I I know what I I know what I want to play, but I don't think I have time to squeeze it in. Um, Greg Nagy, who's been uh, a guest on this show a number of times, um, 
has started a project. This is kind of interesting, and I'm going to be playing some of those songs. Um, he's doing uh, a live feed of a different song every day for 30 days, and he's he's about six days into it. I've been capturing the songs, and uh, when I have a chance to check with Greg, I'm going to add those to my to my library and and uh, probably pull them from time to time when they're appropriate to whatever we're whatever we're talking about um, on that particular day. If if I'd have been a little quicker, I might have been able to squeeze one in, but no such luck. However, starting uh, Thursday this week, it'll be October, and uh, you know what that means, listeners of the Tom Sumner program have to suffer through Schlocktober with Elvira, where we play a different horrible recording each and every day. The difference is, this year, they're all new. So, Schlocktober 2020 begins on uh, on Thursday. So, Schlocktober's been 2020'd. Let's put it that way. thought it was time to uh, dig through uh, what's out there and, and find some new horrible recordings. In, in some of the cases, they're artists you may like and songs you may like but not so much together. And then there are some that are just crazy, you know, um, like the the um, worst church singer ever and uh, a couple of other worsts. Uh, worst romantic song uh, ever is coming up. Plus, we're going to have um, Leonard, ne <laughs> Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner. We always have them, but new, new songs from both of them. And... Uh, Granny Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies singing uh, a, a, a rousing blues rendition of I'm a Woman, W-O-M-A-N. It's, it's, it's pretty fun. Anyway, uh, we're going to switch gears here and uh, get into it with uh, Dr. Sarah South from, the, uh, from Ancestry DNA. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is uh, Vice President of Labra uh, Laboratory Sciences at Ancestry DNA. She is uh, Dr. Sarah South. She joins me by phone. Sarah, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Tom. I'm so glad to be here. You know, I just recently had somebody from Ancestry uh, on, on the uh, program, and we talked a little bit about uh, next generation sequencing and the ability to um, sort of assess people's risk for certain inheritable health conditions in advance. Um, you're looking at this in terms of uh, empowering mothers to sort of take charge of, of family health. How, how does it how can you do that? How can you empower moms through the the testing of DNA? Yeah, and, and maybe to answer that, I'll tell a little bit more of a personal and it's a true story for me. Uh, I am a mom, um, also a scientist and, so, and a geneticist um, for many years now. So I certainly understood uh, that there is a link between genetics and health. And um, 
I also recognize that genetics could be used in a more preventative way. So instead of waiting until somebody is showing clinical symptoms and then saying, oh, I wonder if uh, some genes are involved in that, using it ahead of time and saying, we know that it's not going to be like, if you have this gene, you absolutely get this disease. That's not what we're looking at. But we are saying that there are some genetics that increase your risk for particular conditions. And if this is a type of condition where you can take some actions to reduce those risks, then knowing about those risks ahead of time is going to sure be a motivating factor for taking those preventative actions. So my personal story is that through Ancestry Health, I learned that I have an increased risk for developing blood clots. And, you know, if I even asked around my family members, actually my father developed blood clots and my brother developed blood clots. So even just from my family health history, you could see that that was running in my family. But I found out in my DNA, I carry that risk specifically in my DNA. Um, and I have two daughters. And so uh, I'm interested in uh, taking care of myself so that I can take care of them. And I'm also interested is as they, as they get older, what do they need to know about their own risks for this particular familial condition? Um, because there are particular medications that um, can exacerbate the uh, propensity to develop blood clots. And so I know about that for myself, and I know to avoid those medications, and there are alternatives. Um, and I, I want to know that for my kids so that I can prepare them with that same type of information. So that's just one example, personal example, of a particular condition. But Ancestry Health includes this particular blood clot condition as well as things around breast cancer, colon cancer, cardiovascular disease, so an increased risk for like um, a structural heart issue or high cholesterol. So again, it could be something where you have high cholesterol and you think, okay, I'm going to manage this through diet and exercise. And for many people, that's possible. But if there's particular genetic predispositions that are running in your family, diet and exercise alone may not be enough. And by recognizing that there's this increased genetic risk, you're going to be more proactive about some of the things that the preventative things you can do. So like cholesterol lowering medications that you can add to to your uh, your regimen and so that you can avoid the, the downstream consequences of high cholesterol and and there are certain kinds of foods that mitigate some health concerns yeah and so again we know that not everything about in fact you know there's only a, a proportion of health that is around genetics your genetics are going to interact with your environment and then there are also going to be other things in your environment that are sort of and influencing your health independent of your genetics. And so for some people, this test may not reveal anything from their genetics. It doesn't mean that there's nothing in their genetics. It's just that at the time, with the technology and the science that we have, we didn't identify anything. But we still know that there are going to be some things with your diet, with your exercise, that you can do to help reduce your risk of some of these common things. So even for people who get what we're going to call a, a report that didn't, a negative report. There's still going to be really valuable information in there about what are these conditions and what can I do um, even without knowing a genetic risk to reduce uh, the likelihood of, and stay healthy. More with Dr. Sarah South from Ancestry DNA straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. A social distancing tip. Putting distance between yourself and others is critical to slowing the spread of coronavirus. So here are ways to stay in contact without the physical contact part. Call, send a text, set up a video conference, post on social media, dedicate a song on the radio. If you have symptoms of fever, dry cough, and shortness of breath, call your health care provider before going to their office. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Your calls matter. Join me and Andrea weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Tom Sumner Program has open phone lines Monday through Friday to hear from you. How's 2020 working out for you so far? How about those damn roads? Call in live at 810-339-8255. It's all about you. We'll be streaming live at TomSumnerProgram.com and simulcast on WFOV 92.1 FM in Flint. Foil hats are optional. You thought you had every Elvis record made, but wait, Elvis sings again, this time from heaven. That's right, Elvis from heaven. Yes, here Elvis from Graceland in the Sky, soul-stirring versions of epic proportions. You'll hear Elvis crooning, Pearly Gate Rock, all dug up, lying in the chapel, and 11 others. This record also includes a special Elvis message. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Elvis Presley. Order before midnight tonight and receive this Elvis Presley commemorative casket keychain. Open it up. Yes, the king inside. A must for any Elvis fan. Order yours today. To order your Elvis from Heaven, send $9.95 in check or money order to Elvis from Heaven, P.O. Box 714, Cleo, Michigan, 44487. Or save COD charges and phone 555-5554. Use Master Charge or Visa, Canadian residence, add $3. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Tom Sumner. Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Dr. Sarah South from Ancestry DNA, straight ahead. Sarah, what's the difference between genetics and genomics? Oh, you know what? That's, um, some people would say, almost a tomato and a tomato kind of thing. Uh, I think genetics is sort of the um, the original idea of thinking of things in a kind of almost um, more simplistic way. Like, this gene is associated with this outcome. Genomics is a little bit more of a holistic look at um genes that may be interacting in a more complex way with each other and with the environment and with, um, you know, things that we have yet to really discover. So I think in some ways, I think you can use the terms interchangeably, but over time, we've used the term genomics to kind of think of a more holistic view of genetics and other factors such as environment. Gotcha. A a recent survey from uh, Ancestry found that nearly 60% of parents say that the COVID-19 pandemic has increased their interest in a better understanding of their genetic health. Is there any real connection between um, maybe a person's uh, genetic predispositions and their risk with regard to COVID? Uh, Yes. So, um Back in April, uh, Ancestry launched a COVID-19 research study. We reached out to current customers and asked if they would volunteer to participate in this initiative. Um, those that did, and hundreds of thousands of Ancestry customers have consented, and they answer questions about their, uh, things about their symptoms, things about, you know, have they been tested either, you know, for the presence of the virus or the presence of the antibodies. So, of course, you need large numbers. You need both people who have uh, had COVID and both and people who have not. Um, and then that's matched to their de-identified DNA data. And it's looking for correlations of what, what do we see in the different DNA patterns and associated with the both susceptibility to getting COVID and the severity of COVID should they become infected. And we're, we're definitely seeing um, correlation, uh, association. Um, and we're not doing this alone. So this data is then in a de-identified and consented way shared with the larger international community of, so that they can look at the data sets, make their own discoveries, collaborate, and uh, validate each other's findings. So you want to make sure when you, you identify a signal that you see it uh, in, you know, in different ways of setting up the, the study and you see it across different populations that's a way of validating the finding um, and so there are publications coming out now that definitely are showing that there's both non-genetic and genetic factors that influence susceptibility and severity and I, I want to kind of back up or take a step back and and talk a little bit about ancestry health because I think for a lot of people when they when they hear ancestry, they think of late night TV commercials about you know finding out their roots and and that it's almost like sort of a parlor game. But it's a it's a much bigger operation than that at Ancestry Health, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So it's it's an evolution. I think, of course, we've always known that uh, you know your DNA is the building block, the blueprint for your body. So, yes, one interesting way to understand more about yourself is to know more about your origins and your relatives. 
but absolutely another interesting way to learn about yourself is to learn about um, the the different uh, sort of variations you may have in your DNA and how they impact your health. And you're right, this is this is you know more serious stuff. Um, and so there is a physician who is on the back end of this. And so when you activate your health test, you're going online and you're answering questions about your personal health history and your family's health history. That information is important for the physician. Make sure that this test is appropriate for you. And also that information plays in to your final results because we know that you know your own genetics is part of the puzzle and then your family's genetics is an, uh, your family's health history is another part of the puzzle. Uh, when you receive the results, we also are doing this in that supportive environment where you're going to get an email that will let you know your results are available. You'll click on the link and you'll go to your secure ancestry portal and you'll learn in a kind of stepwise fashion about what was tested and what was found and what are your next steps. What are the key takeaways? What are your next steps? And there's a, pat, a part of that that is there for you to share with your physician. Because if a risk is identified, again, we want you to get your healthcare professionals involved. Because, again, it may be something more than just diet uh, for this particular condition. Um, you may have additional questions after going through this information. And so we make it very easy for you to interact with a genetic counselor. And this is included. This is not additional cost or something hidden. A genetic counselor is a healthcare professional who is specifically trained in answering your questions about genetics and your next step uh, for your medical care based upon your genetics. And so you can schedule a one-on-one -on -one session. Uh, again, it can be done remotely. In fact, it is done remotely so that, you know, I guess we're getting so used to doing so many things remotely, but this whole experience can be done like a telemedicine experience. You'll get your questions answered and, um, and you'll know those next steps. Again, it may feel a little bit like, wow, do I really want to know this information? But knowledge is power, and we're telling you about things that if you know about them, there are things you can do to prevent the outcome. Now, my, my very limited understanding of DNA is that in a strand of DNA, there is a ton of information. How do you go through and pick out information that's that's usable, that's... that's uh, of value, how do you prior prioritize and select specific bits of information from all that's there? Yeah, no, you're right. There's a lot. I mean, it's the building blocks for your body. And and to be fair, there's still stuff that we don't know. I would not, you know, pretend that we we know everything about the way that the genes all interact with each other and how they interact with the environment. But we do know some, and we're building that information. It's and it's not something that's you know um, unique to ancestry. This is stuff that the the medical genetics community has been learning over decades of research. And so uh, the conditions and the genetic associations that we report through Ancestry Health are all backed already by the medical literature. And all of the, the, that medical literature is there within the report. So you can go look at that, that medical literature if you're so inclined to do so. Your physician, also that physician report, is all backed by medical professional society recommendations which regions of the genome to look at, and what to do when you find alterations in those regions of the genome. How does it, uh, how does it work for people to, uh, is, it, is it just like what we've seen in the past? You, you get a 
box in the mail and you send back a, a swab of saliva or something? How 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 do people access and, and get this information? So they go to ancestry.com slash health. Uh, there they can learn more. There's a lot of, you know, some people will be like, hey, I already know I want to do this. Other people will be like, hey, I want to know a little bit more. Exactly what are the conditions? Uh, I have a few other questions. So they can get their questions answered at the website, and they can also uh, purchase the Ancestry Health Kit at the website. And you're right. It's a box that comes in the mail, and you just spit into this tube. It's just it takes only a small amount of saliva. You also then go online and answer questions. Um, in, and again, this is in a, a private, secure session. Uh, but you answer questions about your health history with these particular conditions and your family's health history. Um, a physician then reviews this information to ensure that this test is appropriate for you, and then your physician places the order. You send your saliva sample back. If there's a, a mail um, uh address already and, you know, postage paid already, box that you just put it in, drop it in the mail. It goes to a clinical laboratory. Uh, this is a clinical laboratory that processes samples from, you know, thousands of, probably hundreds of thousands of hospitals. So they're going to, you know, treat this with the same level of care as they treat all of these clinical tests. They process uh, the DNA specimen and um, issue a report back to the physician of what was found. Again, they're using those medical guidelines to know what to look for and um, what the what it means, what the impact means. Um, the physician then reviews that information, packages it up with this customer content that we talked about, this step-by-step understanding of what was done and what was found, so that when you get the information, you're not just looking at a lab report that may, you know, be over your head. This is information designed for you specifically, as well as a portion of that designed specifically for your healthcare provider, so that when you bring it to them, they're not like, hey, what's this? I don't understand this. They look at it and they're like, oh, you had this, you had this genetic test done. This is, and it was done, you know, in this clinical laboratory, and these were the findings, and these are the medical society recommendations. Um, so again, this, it's um, an end-to-end solution. There's also a family health history tool that's part of the experience because we know that um, there are some things that we can test for that are running in your family. There's going to be other things where you can clearly see that, like, for example, diabetes is running in the family or um, digestive issues are running in the family. And we may not have the science yet to really test for that directly in your DNA, but by tracking that information and sharing it within your family and with your healthcare provider, there are things that you can do to help um, reduce your risk of those familial conditions. You know, I remember just a, uh, a very few years ago, um, DNA testing popped up on television in all the crime shows, and that's how all the crimes were solved in law enforcement and, and uh, uh, criminal justice professionals were all grumbling a little bit because they had jurors in, in uh in various court proceedings that were wanting to know where the DNA evidence was. And it was very expensive and not uh, all the places had access to it. Has has DNA testing just become very commonplace now? Um, I think in to a certain degree it's become more common and to a larger degree it's definitely become less expensive. Um, so the reagents um, and 
uh, also, it's one of these things, too, where the more common it becomes, the more you can uh, introduce automation into some of the steps to also reduce the, uh, the overhead due to manual labor. So certainly it has um, decreased in cost for a number of reasons. Um, and also, we're committed to um, bringing this to you at an affordable and accessible price point. So we've tried to think about every, every way that we can say, how do we reduce this cost? You know, can we shave some pennies here and some pennies there? Because, I don't know, it's like penny saved, it's penny earned. So, yes, the, the price has definitely come down, uh, but the quality has, has definitely increased at the same time. And so I think that's a really exciting thing for me is, seeing where we are today and knowing that in the future, you know, the ability to look at your DNA is not going to be the limiting factor. It's going to be really the ability to understand what you're looking at and being able to take the going from just what what exactly is my DNA signal to what does that DNA signal mean for me and my family and my health. Is, is this something where you get this done once and it is... Um you know, sort of your your genetic um, makeup carved in stone, or are there changes? Would you ever need to test again later in life or, or something? That's a little bit more of a complex answer. So for some conditions, it kind of can be like a single testing point. You're, for the most part, your DNA does not change, and but our understanding of your DNA can change. Um, and there also can be technology improvements where there may be a time yeah. where the technology has improved so much that it's worth using the new technology, uh, even though your DNA hasn't changed. Um, and so the way that I think about it is there's a couple things. So on one hand, we will look at a set of conditions today and we'll tell you what we know. But this is going to be an evolving process and we can come back to that data set, not have, not have to look at the resequence you, but just look at the data set over time and say, what do we know in 2023 that we didn't know in 2020, for example? So um, we can continue to build on that data set. But as I mentioned, there's uh, there are some conditions, there are a handful of conditions that you're more susceptible to because of changes that happen to your DNA due to environmental exposures. So for example, we know that... Um, people who have been exposed to high amounts of radiation through some type of exposure, um, that that uh, induces changes in their DNA, um, which then can lead to uh, susceptibility for certain cancers. So for the most part, your DNA is very stable, but due to, um, in, due to environmental exposures and sometimes just due to dumb chance, there will be some changes in your DNA as your cells continue to just divide as you grow. I think of it as anytime you're trying to make a perfect copy of something, you introduce the opportunity for a single typo. And so as cells divide, there's an opportunity for a typo. What are the questions that people should be asking for their uh, DNA to answer? Um, well, I think that it's a combination of, you know, questions that you may be thinking about for your DNA, but also questions that you should be talking with your family members about. So I'll, I'll come at it from both angles. Not everybody is going to be in a situation where they can have these familial conversations. So I recognize that. And in those particular situations, 
you know, looking at the DNA may even be more critical because they're not necessarily going to be able to supplement with the family health history. But certainly when you can, have those conversations within your family about the condition um, and then share that information with your physician. Your physician probably already asks about it at your appointment. Uh, but you can use the Ancestry Health Family History tool to make sure that those conversations are directed towards some of the most important conditions and that you can document it there within the Ancestry tool and then print it out for your physician. It can save a ton of time at your appointment. But then as far as what conditions can you be asking about it directly in your DNA, it's a growing list. So today, Ancestry Health in, uh, includes things like colorectal cancer, breast cancer, uh, high cholesterol, blood clots, iron overload, uh, connective tissue disorders. So these are things that affect the um, think of it as the stability or fragility of blood vessels, um, as well as some carrier conditions. So these are things where an individual does not have the condition, but they have a genetic change, and if their partner has also that genetic change, then there is a risk that they both give that genetic change to their, to their child. And if the child gets two copies of this genetic change, one from each parent, then they can have a much more severe condition, such as cystic fibrosis or sickle cell anemia. So there are some things that are you know, top of mind for you as a person, and then there can be some things in there that are top of mind for you as a parent, understanding what you may have passed on. Um, and what risk may be in uh, your children. Now, after the, the well, after a test is done, after a DNA has uh, a sample has been reviewed, is is there a, a a printout of you know here here are all the possible things in the world, and you are more likely to get this. I mean, how how does that information? How do you present that information? Yeah. And again, we can't test for everything. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with just where the science is today. So we're going to try to make sure that you understand these are the conditions that we're testing for, and these conditions aren't solely due to genetics. So if you have the risk, it doesn't mean you have the condition. So, for example, if you have an increased risk for breast sure. cancer, it doesn't mean you have breast cancer. It just means you have an increased risk for it. Plus, not all of breast cancer is due to inherited genetic changes. So if we don't find anything in these breast cancer genes, it doesn't mean you're not going to get breast cancer. But we're going to talk to you about that it's still important for then you, for you to do some of the like standard, typical things that every woman does for breast cancer prevention. But if you have one of these risks, then you would need to do more than what the standard pattern is for breast cancer prevention. So again, we'll, we'll, we'll list it out by specific condition. And... Um, if we need to do a deep dive on a specific condition for you because a risk was found, you're going to get a lot more information. The report's going to be really personalized and tailored to your findings. Um, if nothing was found, then it's just going to be more general information about the conditions in general. Is this, is this a process that's very much individualized? Is it by nature very individualized? And how do you manage to keep it individualized when there are hundreds of thousands, millions of, of tests being done? Yeah, that's a great question. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's absolutely individualized in terms of that this is based upon the, your DNA. Um, that being said, we are focused on uh, the things that we really understand that 
are, are very, you know, clear um, based upon the science. And so that helps you build pipelines. And, it, and, you know, this isn't something that you can just turn on overnight. It's taken us years to build these pipelines. But, um, but you build these pipelines so that even though there are, you know, so many possible different outcomes, your results can like proceed through whatever pipeline needs to happen um, in a pretty automated fashion. We do have people, I don't want to make it sound totally automated, there are medical professionals who are putting their eyeballs on this as well and saying, you know, does this look right? Does this make sense? Did we get the right information to the right person? So um, it's a combination of you automate where you can and you put a human in there, and you absolutely require high quality. Now. Well, my guest is Sarah South. She is the uh, Vice President of Laboratory Sciences and Ancestry DNA. How, how is Ancestry DNA uh, different than Ancestry Health, Doctor? It's uh, really about the information. So, actually, when you order Ancestry Health, you still get the origins experience because we still, you know, we're a, we're a family history company. We want you to uh, have that, you know, more traditional experience that we've been offering for, to customers for almost 10 years now, which is understanding about your, your origins. And if you want to find relatives, you can, you can uh, consent in or out of the matching experience. Um, so you will still have that experience around your origins, but on top of that, there'll be a new tab in your results for your health information. Um, and so that's, I guess I'm going to say, the, the biggest difference is when you go to the website, which is Ancestry.com backslash health, or slash health, so Ancestry.com slash health, uh, you can choose to either just have the original Ancestry origins experience where you're going to learn again about your ancestors' Um, and your relatives, or Ancestry Health, which will be the origins experience and this impactful, preventable health information. And is that the best place for people to go uh, to find out more about what we've been talking about? Absolutely. So Ancestry.com slash health. This is where you could order if you're interested. It's also where you'll find out more information. Because I know we've talked about a lot, and people may be thinking, that sounds interesting, but I still have questions. You can go to the website, and you'll get those questions answered. Well, I'm so glad that you were here to answer my questions, uh, Sarah. This has been a real treat. Dr. Sarah South, Vice President of Laboratory Sciences at Ancestry DNA LLC. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. I've really enjoyed our time today. Take care. Again, that was uh, Dr. Sarah South, Ph.D., um, she has served as Vice President of Laboratory Sciences at Ancestry DNA LLC since August of 2016. Um, she's uh, had a long and distinguished career in uh, human genetics, including receiving her Ph.D. from the Johns Hopkins School of uh, Medicine in Human Genetics. Anyway... Um, with that, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. Tom Sumner Program.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com.
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling author photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hey this is first ward city councilman eric mays and you're listening to the tom sumner program Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Now, in order for you to understand what I'm going to do next, I have to go way back and speak about my great-grandfather, whom we traced back to Marie Antoinette. As a matter of fact, my great-grandmother traced him back there a couple of times. <laughs> He was partly responsible for the birth of my grandfather. He thought. <laughs> my grandfather was born in Denmark. He was Danish after his mother and Swedish after a friend of his father's. <laughs> he was one of the great inventors of his time. He invented the burglar alarm, which unfortunately was stolen from him. <laughs> He was a brilliant man. He was, among other things, a PhD. Just a. F <laughs> so was his wife. However, besides being a brilliant, f he also was a great chemist. He was the one who invented the cure for which there was no disease in the <laughs> Unfortunately, his wife later caught the cure and died. <laughs> he was a strange personality. He always experimented with something. Once he... Um, he crossed an Idaho potato with a sponge. <laughs> Imagine that silly idea. It tasted horrible. But it sure held a lot of gravy. I think his greatest invention was a soft drink, which he called Four Up. <laughs> but it wasn't successful at all. So he invented Five Up. But still it didn't click, you know. Then came Six Up. But still nobody liked it. So he gave up and died heartbroken a couple of weeks later. But little did he know how close he came. <laughs> Then I was born, and when that happened, my parents were, well, they were not poor, but they didn't have any money. <laughs> so I was actually born at home. And when my mother saw me, she was taken to the hospital. <laughs> One day, when I was four years old, my father came home. And he found me in the living room in front of a roaring fire, which made him very angry. 
because we didn't have a fireplace. <laughs> there I sat, and here my father stood, burning up. <laughs> he pointed at me, see, my father was left-handed. He always pointed this way. I was sitting on the other side. <laughs> so my father said, Borger. He didn't know my first name. See, in my father's family, we had a little trouble up here. In the head. My father was all right, but his two brothers, my male uncles. You know, in Denmark, we always distinguish, you know. I don't know if you're familiar with the fact that we have three sexes over there. <laughs> Male, female, and convertible. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was supposed to have been back to Denmark this summer. But I ain't going. Once I made up my mind what I was going to be, and that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> what I meant to tell you before was, and this is not a joke, this is really a fact, that two weeks ago, we celebrated my uncle's 103rd birthday. Isn't that something? Thank you very much. 103rd birthday. Unfortunately, he wasn't present. <laughs> How could he be? He died when he was 29. <laughs> I sell a line of plastics And I travel on the road And I have a case of samples Which believe me is a load Every night a strange cafe A strange hotel And then Early in the morning I am on the road again when the season's over And my lonesome journey ends That's the only time I see My family and my friends I drive up Ocean Parkway And before I stop the car My ma leans out the window And she hollers here we are Shake hands with your Uncle Max, my boy And here is your sister, Cheryl And here is your cousin, Isabel That's Irving's oldest girl 
And you'll remember the Tishman twins, Gerald and Jerome. We all came out to greet you and to wish you welcome home. Meet Merowitz, Barrowitz, Handelman, Shandelman, Sperber and Gerber and Steiner and Stone. Moskowitz, Lubowitz, Aronson, Behrens, Kleinman and Feynman and Friedman and Cohn. Smolowitz, Wallowitz, Teitelbaum, Mandelbaum, Levin, Levinsky, Levine and Levi. Brumberger, Schlumberger, Minkus and Pinkus and Stein with an E-I and Stein with a Y. Shake hands with your Uncle Sal, mine boy, and here is your brother Sid. And here is your cousin Yetta, who expects another kid. Whenever you're on the road, mine boy, wherever you may roam, we'll all be here when you come back to wish you well. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. 